Halloween brings out the kid in a lot of us. As a kid, I grew up watching Scooby-Doo every Saturday morning, and that show filled my imagination with all sorts of spooky possibilities. As a grown-up, I've always wondered if ghosts are real. I've never seen one, but it wasn't for lack of trying. I've spent the night in plenty of supposedly haunted places on purpose and left with no spooky stories to tell. Welcome to the House Rich Podcast, where most other weeks this show is dedicated to the personal and professional development of those who help people buy or sell their home. Not this week though. This week I got curious about haunted houses and decided to reach out to the folks who visit more houses in a year than I'll ever step inside. I wanted to know if they've experienced anything they couldn't explain. So it's no tricks and all treats today as five real estate professionals share stories that will give you goosebumps. Hi, this is Kelly. Hey, Kelly. It's James Walters with the House Ridge Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. I hope you are. Doing great. So, uh, yeah, thanks for doing this. Just wanted to call you up and hear about your creepy story that you had at one of your showings. Yes. Yes. It still makes my skin crawl to think about it, actually. And it's been many years. It was back in, um, gosh, early 2012. All right. And you said it was in Raleigh inside the Beltline, right? Yes, near five points. The price point with the buyer was about 500000 to 800000 inside the Beltline. That's, you know, basically what you have to work with. It's certainly gone up since then. And this was in a neighborhood off of Anderson Drive. We looked at a number of homes in that area. Many of them are in the 1920s, 30s, 40s timeframe, various states of renovations. Um, and the home itself was, you know, lovely. Um, I recall it had been renovated, um, but not recently. So it still had a lot of the original character. And um, we walked through the home and it was a good showing. Um, the home definitely had potential for this particular buyer. And there was a carriage house, the back left corner of the property. It was not original to the property and it was a two-story carriage house. So it had kind mm. of like an apartment. We walked across this little garden area to get to it and walked inside and I immediately felt uneasy. It wasn't a feeling like, oh, there's someone here. It was just a feeling like I did not want to be inside that space. Wow. Okay. And the buyer, he was just generally unimpressed with it. He liked the house, but he didn't really like the carriage house. Hmm. It was a very different feeling kind of coming from him. He just wasn't even interested in looking at it. Whereas I was just very uncomfortable being inside. And we went ahead and we looked at the entire thing, just being thorough. And the longer we were inside, the sadder I felt. Mm. And I mean, this deep, deep sadness came over me. And it was like grieving. I mean, it was sorrow. I felt like I couldn't shake it. And I didn't know where it was coming from. Everything seemed dark and just gray and colorless. And I felt physically heavy. Mm. Not scared, just like I was grieving and I couldn't figure out where it was coming from and it felt all consuming. I suddenly realized that my chest felt tight. I felt constricted and I felt like I had to get out of there. I looked at the buyer and said, I'm going to step outside. And he was like, yeah, I don't like this. You know, he's a man of very few words, but he was just like, yeah, I don't like this. 
So we went outside, and as soon as I got outside of that particular structure, I immediately felt better. Whoa. Yeah, I was able to breathe like normal. I didn't feel like crying anymore. I mean, inside, I felt like I was going to burst into tears. And anyone who knows me knows that I don't respond to anything with tears. <laughs> I'm not an emotional <laughs> person. <laughs> and just looking back at that structure, I started to feel those same heavy, depressed, sinking kind of feelings again. I thought, okay, there's something very, very wrong. It was almost like it was a portal to purgatory or something in that structure. So we got out of there pretty quickly. And what was interesting is probably six months Later, my husband at the time and I bought a house on Anderson Drive, just a block and a half away. And I never forgot this particular house. The entire time we lived on Anderson Drive, I would not drive down the road where this house is located. I, uh -huh. I was a jogger. I would not jog down that road. I wouldn't go anywhere near it because wow. I knew it was there. And even though I absolutely loved my house on Anderson, it was a discomfort knowing that that other house was really only about a block and a half away as a crow flies, always knowing that it was there and knowing that there was something very, very wrong with that carriage house. You don't go back to the office and tell everyone that, oh, hey, there's a haunted house in that neighborhood. But I did mention it to a couple of people who I knew had buyers in the same price point in the same neighborhood and just said, hey, go check out that carriage house and tell me what you think about it because I didn't like it. But you also don't want to spread a rumor or sure. a stigma that you cannot back up. But the fact that we both really did not like that space. Uh, and we're just like, let's get out of here. That is something I have carried with me since 2012. To this day, I would be reticent to actually go back into that structure again, simply because it has stayed with me for so long that I wouldn't want to experience that again. Whatever it was that was either present or whatever had happened there. I don't know the history of the property, but there was definitely something there that, that stayed with me. And I've never forgotten it. That is certainly a once-in-a-lifetime story, and at least I hope it's a once-in-a-lifetime, right? Kelly, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It was a great way to start off our Halloween special, and I look forward to talking with you again in the future. Okay, sounds good. That was fun. James, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Frankie. How are you? Good. Thank you for being willing to share a story. I wanted to hear some fun stories. I know you get to go into a lot of houses, so I imagine that you've seen some weird stuff. I have, and I will center on one story. Okay. This actually happened during uh, 2020. I probably was showing more properties than I would normally even show. Mm. You know, it was one of those things where you would have thought we might have been less busy that way. It just seemed like people were ready to go look at houses. Needed and something spent, to do, right? <laughs> yeah. I spent a lot of time in the car. And strangely enough, one of my couples who were looking for a house that they could do some renovation work on, mm. targeted a house that was a few streets over from the condo I had lived in before I'd gotten married. So I was very familiar with where it was. I was very familiar with the house. It, you know, it's one of those things where it stands out in your head, you know, and they had wanted to see this particular house. It was a good price for a four bedroom home that had been purchased in the 60s. Okay. Like a basement lot on a large lot and and so I said, okay, well, that's that's certainly interesting. And I called the listing agent at the time just to feel out the house initially. I said, you know, hey, so obviously this is a house that needs some work. You know, what's going on with it? And the hot market, this one has been on the market for a while. 
And I found out at that time it had been under contract three times. Okay. I said, all right, so, you know, if my clients consider this one, you know, can you give me a heads up on what kind of problems occurred? So maybe we can circumvent that now, you know, and, and kind of work around it and, and talk. And she said, well, you know, we had, it, it's been really weird. We've had a guy who got under contract and he was going to remodel it and he had different inspections and people come out and then all of a sudden, boom, pulled the plug on it and he was gone. Well, didn't share any of it with us, just terminated the contract. And I said, okay. And she says, and then there was another guy who was an engineer who understood some of the problems because the floors and some of the bathrooms are soft and he knew you might have to do some structural work. And he was in there taking a look at everything. And because of what he was looking at, the seller and her son actually pitched in money to do some work on some of the upstairs bathroom flooring and get that done. But even then, after he continued a little more investigation, he pulled the plug. Mm. Then finally, there was a third buyer who was an investor from another country who came and looked at the house very thoroughly over a weekend and the same sort of thing had happened. And so like, there's a, there's a certain amount of conversation that can be said among realtors because of disclosure rules that we have to follow, you know? Right. And, and so, but like I, my curiosity was there because I said, well, you know, good Lord, like what's wrong with it? It's going to be these kind of problems. So I was prepared to look at some, some funky stuff when we got there. And the day I pulled up to the house, it was really overcast and it was, you know, like how a Snoopy story starts. It was a dark and stormy <laughs> kind of thing. And so it's already like rain's flecking it, you know, it's very overcast. And the house, it's very close to a lot of rental. So the owners had put the lockbox on the back of the house. Hmm. So it was one of those situations where I had to kind of work my way through an overgrown garden in the back of the house and get to the lockbox so I could go to the front door and greet my clients as they arrived to let them get into the house a little bit easier. I got back there and I'm checking the showing instructions and I see there's also an alarm I have to turn on inside the house. So I was like, all right. So I got the lockbox open. And then what I did not realize was the alarm was clear on the other side of the house from where I was opening that door. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> and where the alarm sat, it was on a wall where just imagine standing in front of an alarm on a wall. And if you look right behind you, there's the doorway into the master bathroom. Okay. Okay. And it's like the, like the dual vanity and the floor going back to where the shower is. And then on back, when you get all the way to the, the bathroom part of the, the master bathroom, there's a door that goes into the master closet. So like the master closet is like straight through the master bathroom. And then there's a door from the master closet that goes into the master bedroom. So when I turn around from turning the alarm off, I can see straight through that bathroom into that master closet and all those doors are open at this time and i get my clients into the house and uh, they are there with their five-year-old daughter and she is wearing a little like hoodie cap that's got rabbit ears that are flopped down from it she's super cute and she is doing that thing that kids do at that age where they turn on every light switch they see <laughs> right flip back and forth back and forth yeah so she's just going to the house flipping on light switches as we go through the house and I'm kind of doing the realtor thing of I do not want to be here for 30 minutes afterwards turning off all the light switches. So I'm carefully, as we close out an area, I'm going back and turning off light switches. <laughs> 
So we're continuing around, and I'm pointing out things that I'm noticing about the house, the settling, and, and we get into that master bathroom, and I'm standing there with the husband, and I say, you feel how soft this floor is? Obviously, there was a leak here at some point in time and probably still is. And we can't see it, and there's potential there could be mold under this that may not show up on a normal home inspection because you'd have to go under this floor to find it. And I'm just letting you know that right now I see there could be some real money, you know, into mm. to dealing with this. And so I'm explaining that to the, the client and the wife, she's in another room. So we kind of head in that direction and I turn those lights off. After she finishes looking at what she's doing, she says, Frankie, can you take me back to the master bath and you go over with me what you did with my husband? And I said, yeah, of course. And so we, we head back into the, the master bath area and I notice that the master closet light is on again so again oh so i you know while i finished talking to her and kind of going over the same thing i flipped the switch off we clear out of that room and we go into the basement area and it's one of those basements where they had a garage side entrance but now it's kind of like sealed off and so we're looking at that and we're looking at where the foundation is settled and talking to them about if they really want to pursue this because of the amount of square footage, who I can get in to help them with some estimates if they want to give this some real consideration. And we go back upstairs before we're hitting the second floor, and I see that light is on again. Whoa. Now, the daughter, she's still running around on the floor. So I'm assuming, like, maybe she's gone through there and done, like, a lap through because it's a straight <laughs> through kind of thing, right? Yeah, right. And we both know there's this age where you get to, until a certain point, one of the funnest things in the world is just running for no reason. <laughs> True. You know, just like the same way a dog gets the zoomies. Yes. So I had not really given it that much consideration, but I, I kind of like groaned, walked back in there, turned the light off. And then we went upstairs and we saw the bathroom that they had done the work on from when the engineer was under contract for the house. And we discussed that. And we, we went back through some of the other areas and looked at the old hardwoods. And so we come back down the staircase I see the lights on again in the master closet, but this time I'm just going to let it stay for the minute because I want to get finished with the house. So we finish up the house and I, I check through the other lights fairly quickly and get them out the door on their way to their car so I can start setting alarms and getting things together. And I go back to where I've got to arm that alarm. Mm. So I see that the lights on in the closet. I go through, I flip the light switch. I go back start arming the alarm and while i do so i turn ever so slightly to look over my shoulder and look back through that bathroom to master closet and james i'll never forget this for the rest of my life and when i tell the story you're going to lose a little bit of a visual on this but just imagine me right now holding my index finger flat and then moving it up in an arch okay i watched that light switch go up by itself oh whoa and I finished arming the alarm and said, if you want it on, that's fine with me. Wow. And left the house. Yeah, you left the house pretty immediately, I would imagine. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I could have felt every hair on the back of my neck stand up when it happened. That is wild. So it wasn't the kid, apparently. Kid was in the car. Kid was gone by. Kid was in the car. Yeah. Yeah. And you watch the switch go up. And I'll take a logical explanation for it. If if a contractor explains to me how that could have happened, then I'll happily acknowledge that. But But that was what, the fourth time? That was the fourth time. Yeah. Wow. That is unreal. So you didn't get any feedback from the people that you showed it to? Like they weren't creeped out or anything like that? 
No, and inevitably we we targeted a different house in a different part of the the triangle for them to to go after. So it wasn't something that I had to deal with on that level. And you know, because in in North Carolina, that's not considered a material fact. In South Carolina, it is. No way, really. The haints are uh, a material fact. If you've got your license in South Carolina, and there is a historical ghost story or anything of that nature attached to a property, you've just got to document it that you shared it with the people. They take it pretty seriously then. Yeah, but they've got a lot of Charleston, for instance. It's a very haunted city. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, so it's it's a little bit different. But uh So did you give the listing agent any feedback based on your experience or just talk about squishy floors? I just talked about squishy floors. You know, <laughs> and in my mind I wondered if any of the other people had encountered something similarly and had backed down. But you know, it's one of those things where we have to be careful as professionals that we don't spread unsubstantiated rumors that could right. reflect on what happens in a transaction because that's something that we can get in trouble for. Yeah, that would be a big deal. So we're always very careful about how we share that information. Oh, absolutely. Well, Frankie, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. That was super spooky. And I hope you have a great rest of your week and a fantastic Halloween. You too, James. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Dobbs Home Inspection. Hey there, Brian. It's James Walters with the House Ridge Podcast. How are you? Hey, doing good. Excellent. Thanks so much for agreeing to talk to me about what you've seen. Now, as a home inspector, you go through a lot more houses than the average person and, and probably a lot more houses than the average real estate agent. So I'm interested to hear your story. Where to begin? I've been in a lot of homes and some homes feel good when you walk into them. Most homes are just neutral. It's just a home. Some homes, I don't know what it is, but they just have a good feeling, a good energy, a good vibe, and you just move on and inspect the home. Every now and then I've had a home that will have just a, an unhappy emotion, I guess you could call it. That probably sounds silly, but something unpleasant. Yeah. And you just move on and keep going. But there was one that stuck out in my mind, and it was a, a very unusual home. And it was not an old home, and it didn't have a lot of elaborate looks or architecture or anything like that you would expect in the movies. No Adam's Family vibe no, to it. No, nothing like that. I blew it off and just kept going. But it was something before I even went in the home, I noticed. Like, almost pulling up to it. And I didn't think anything of it. And when I went in, and, I, and most people will, will blow this off and not think anything of it, but it was a feeling. It just wasn't right. Mm. And usually that might be it. But the longer I was in there, and one room in particular, it was not a good feeling. It was a very dark feeling. And when I would enter the one particular room upstairs, I would hear noises throughout the home. Oh, in other places. Yes. I didn't see anything move. I didn't hear doors creaking or anything or floors creaking. But I would hear a tapping or a knocking noise. And no water was running. No pipes were clanging. I could not pinpoint what that noise was, but it was more of a, a feeling. Something else was there. And the longer I was there, the deeper it got. And I just wanted to get out. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. Because that's your job is to be observant, but also to know 
all the different systems and things that are going on in the house. So if there's some tapping, you're probably pretty tuned into what either mechanical system or like you said, it wasn't the pipes because pipes probably don't sound like what you're hearing and could have been a squirrel in the attic, but do they really tap the way you were hearing it? So you've got a ton of experience in knowing what things should sound like. So I'm sure that was pretty unsettling. Correct. And the water pipes, they usually try to keep those in the same area of the home. They don't like to put all the water in many different places of the home. They try to centralize and not just have pipes all over the place. And where I was hearing this stuff did not coincide with where those pipes were. How long did you have to stay in the house and what happened after you left? How did you feel? Well, I was in the home for three and a half hours. That included the outside and inside. When I finished, I thought about that home all the entire ride home and the next day. It stuck with me. This particular one was unusual. The only way I could describe it was it was a darker feeling, unhappy feeling. Wow. Something, there was an unhappy energy or something. I don't know how to describe it. It's interesting that you heard noises elsewhere in the home when you were in that specific place. That one room. And the feeling got more intense the closer to that one room. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, the feeling got more intense in that one room and the noises got louder the closer you got to that one room. Wow. I'm just (laughs) thinking about you're there to do a job. You can't just say, okay, we're going to close the door here and call it a day. You had to do the professional thing and get your job done. So I'm sure that was also made it very hard to concentrate. Yes, but you have to stay true to the home. And that's concentrating on the brick mortar sticks and bricks, the what is known, not what your feelings tell you. Brian, I really appreciate you spending the time today and telling us your story. Thanks a lot, James. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Hello, this is James. Well, hello, it's Mary Lou. Hey there, Mary Lou. So good to talk to you. Yes, yeah, you too. I know normally when we're talking, we're talking about music, but today we are getting together for the special Halloween episode of the House Rich Podcast, and I wanted to hear your story. It's not really a haunting, but here's what happened. So this was during the Great Recession. So this was probably back in 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. And I was showing a young, single, female, first-time homebuyer a house in Benson. And it was a short sale. And back then, you just worked with whoever you could. And so I'm showing this short sale in Benson. We pulled up at the house, got out, went in the house. And James, I don't know another way to describe it, but the energy that I felt in that house, it was like, Everything was screaming for me to get out of that house. And it was in a really cute neighborhood, by the way. I just pictured somebody roaring up the driveway and coming in the house and shooting everybody in the house. I know that that sounds very morbid. And it was like I just sensed this anger in that house. And it's like the whole scene kind of flashed before me. It's like I saw a couple who got separated and the husband was still in the house and was in a position now to short sell it and he was not happy about it. 
And I could not get out of that house fast enough. So I looked at my client and I said, I am very uncomfortable in this house. I don't know if you feel the same things I do, but I am going to step outside. And I've never had anything like that happen to me before. And she said she didn't feel it. And I said, okay, but I'm going to, I could not get out of that house fast enough. And I went outside, stood on the sidewalk. And about 30 seconds later, she was like, yeah, I'm good. It's not for me anyway. There was some bad mojo in that house. It never has happened to me before and hasn't happened since. Yeah, if you think about all of the houses you've been in and out of for that one to really stick into your mind for this long. Well, and you know, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, when you walk into homes, nine times out of ten, you get really good feeling. And that's what you want. And that's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Look at all the light coming in. Or I can picture... You know, the kids sitting at the island doing their homework, or I can picture parties in the backyard. None of that was going on at this house. Right. You you walked in and you said, I can picture me turning right around immediately and waiting for you in the driveway. That's that's really wild. I've had a few people who have stories similar to that where it wasn't something they saw or heard. It was more like the energy of the place really weighed them down and made them want to leave as soon as possible. Yeah, I still, when I think about it, it still kind of weirds me out. And this was not an older house. I mean, this was a house in a cute little neighborhood in Benson that had been built in late 80s, 90s. So it wasn't that old. So I don't think that those kind of things are just relegated to older homes. I think they can happen anywhere. I love that story because it's creepy without being creepy. It's kind of like the Silence of the Lambs. I was waiting for something to jump out at me, and if you watch that movie, and it yeah. was a really good movie because it had you on the hook the whole time, and I just love that about it. But I don't like scary movies. I don't like to see like slasher films or anything. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, and I will look forward to talking with you again really soon. All right, sounds great. Thanks, James. This is Karen. Hey, Karen. Glad we finally got to get together. I wanted to get your story. Normally, we're talking about professional development here on the podcast, but just for this week, just for the Halloween special, we're talking about all the spooky things that you guys get to see because you go through so many houses and eventually you're going to see some strange stuff, right? Yeah. So this is actually before I got my license. We are moving up here to Raleigh. Um, I'm from Miami originally. My agent, his name is Jeff Dix. He and I were looking at houses and we're trying to figure out a where we wanted to live and b you know we were looking for something that was kind of a fixer-upper so i'll never forget this we were at this one house it was on october road in north raleigh i know exactly where that is yes it looked amazing we could do a lot of work to it and all this other fun stuff and so we get there and it's fall so leaves are falling and there's leaves everywhere and then jeff and my husband like you know we're going to go check out the backyard it had a detached two-car garage with a living area up top they're like we're going to go walk back over there and i was with my kids and my kids were little at the time. They were like nine and six. We walk in, you know, it's old. It was built in the early 80s. It was wallpaper everywhere. And obviously the people who lived there were extremely religious because there were crucifixes everywhere. Oh. Yeah. So we walk around the first floor. The first floor is kind of cool. You know, we're looking at like, oh, agree to the kitchen, all that different stuff. As we start walking upstairs, there's probably six or seven crucifixes on there and some family pictures and stuff. I'm like, that's, you know. That's just kind of creepy to me, all the crucifixes everywhere. It's kind of weird. <laughs> and as I start walking up the stairs, my my chest starts feeling heavy. And at this time, I'm doing triathlon, so I know it's not me being out of shape. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> 
so why does my chest feel so heavy? Why do I feel like I'm out of breath? I get to the top of the stairs and when I go to the right, the right is where the master bedroom was. Walk through the master bedroom. Again, it's all old and you know, there's carpet in the bathroom and it was just oh. kind of dingy. And the skylights are covered with all the leaves that were falling. So it kind of gave the creepy glow to everything. <laughs> as soon as I walked that way, like the pressure on my chest went away. Like there was no pressure when I walked towards the master bedroom. And my kids were with me at the time. And then there was a bedroom next to it and a bathroom. So we walked to the bedroom and the bathroom. Then as I started walking towards the other side of the stairwell, that pressure came back again. And I'm like, man, this is like really weird. We walk into the second guest bedroom and it was set up like this 1950s kind of museum. The furniture was all old. It was all kind of mid-century modern kind of looking, but more country. Black and white photos there all over the place. There was a person that was in this black and white photo. They were military. Obviously it looked like it was maybe World War II kind of time frame. And it was just, it looked like it hadn't been touched. Like that room had not been touched. It was very dark in there. The blinds were shut. It was just very, very weird. And that's where the pressure kept building. And I'm like, well, let me come back to this room because I want to go see the other rooms and stuff like that. So I walked out of that room real quick and we went into the other room, the bonus room, and that was fine. I had no problems with that. And then we came back to this room again. And my son, my little one says, mom, something's weird here. Like there's something going on here. Whoa. And I'm like, what do you mean there's something going on? He's like, I don't want to live in this house. This house is creepy, mom. Oh, wow. <laughs> like okay i go back and i go back to that one room and there's like a attic space behind that bedroom so i walk back towards that bedroom and by this time my kids kind of like mom i don't want to be here i'm like you know what go downstairs and just go wait by the fireplace and so i go into the the attic space and then there's a little little sticky note on the door that says hey light switches is up on the wall and i'm like okay and by this time i'm kind of freaking out too because i can feel this like crazy pressure on me and so I, I go and open the door and I go turn on the light switch and the light switch turns on for a second and goes, bzz, 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 flashes out and breaks. Oh. By this time, I'm like, I'm creeped out too. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to close this door, close the other door and go downstairs. Mm -hmm. By that time, I go downstairs and my husband and our real estate agent are outside. And I look and I'm like, I think I'm done here. And Martin's like, you look white as a ghost. I'm like, that's probably not the right term <laughs> to say to me right now he's like what's going on and i told him about what's going out he's like that's kind of funny because when we were outside there's like this another storage area outside and they couldn't open the door and when they tried opening the door the door like like someone was pushing on the door oh like someone's pushing back on them and he's like yeah i'm not feeling the great vibes here either i'm like okay well that's probably a good idea for us to leave yeah <laughs> so we get in the car and I look over and Jeff, my realtor, is like, hey, do you want to go see the garage? I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm done. He's like, he's like, you really are done with this, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, I'm totally done. Like, I'm just totally done with this house. And I had taken a picture of the front of the house before we went in. And I posted something on Facebook saying, hey, something's really creepy here. And my girlfriend, apparently, she took the picture and she expanded the picture a little bit. And you can see the shadow in that same room that was closed off. No. You can see it. Yeah. You can see the shadow. He's like, she's like, I see it. I think I see your ghost. And I looked at the picture. I'm like, oh, my God, that does look like a ghost. It was like this crazy picture almost of that person that i saw in the in the frame in the shadow of the picture i'm like you altered it i know you altered it and i went back and I looked at my original picture i'm like no she didn't alter it's there whoa man that is that's crazy yeah, yeah so, so it was really creepy and it was that same and, room 
same room. And so I watched that house be on the market. The house was on the market for, I think it had expired. So the listing had expired. They redid the kitchen and they took down the wallpaper and they listed the house again and it expired again. And it, the third time it finally sold and it's been sold like three times since then. And we're talking about not even 10 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a really wild story. So you made the wise decision, obviously, to pass on that home. Yes. Wow. I really appreciate you sharing your story and I will look forward to talking with you again really soon. Yes, you too. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for listening today, and a huge thanks to all of my guests for sharing their stories. Kelly Reynolds, Frankie Hagen, Brian Dyer, Mary Lou Dingman, and Karen Freed. If you want to connect with any of these folks, be sure to check out the website at houserichpodcast.com. I put their links in the show notes. Also, be sure to come back next week where we'll have a brand new episode full of useful content. 